Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 10th of June, 2022. Friday, glorious, glorious Friday. I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for sharing, spreading the word and everything. Programming note, I'm going to, at the end of this open, I'm going to, if there's anything worth a damn, I'm going to insert my thoughts on the uh, big hearing, the prime time hearing tonight. I have to drive. I had to drive to New York last night for a work conference thing, so I had to record this before the um, the hearing. So if there's any, I mean, it's just going to be a big crap show. So if there's anything worth a damn, I will uh, insert it in uh, at the end of the intro. And maybe talk about it for five minutes, but I can't imagine these people coming up with it. It's just garbage. I'll definitely be talking about that and Joe Biden on Jimmy Kimmel and everything on the Week in F and Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast and at DerekHunter.locals.com because these people are driving me nuts. It's going to be tough to get through a show today without just swearing nonstop. So please support the program there. I just wanted to give you a heads up about the, uh, <clears throat> the thing. I was like, why aren't you talking about this hearing? First of all, I don't know if anything's going to be worth a damn. Secondly, if there is, I'll do it quickly. But I had to drive to New York, Long Island, as a matter of fact. So it's not even like Manhattan. So there you go. Now let's start the program. Okay, so I just watched the hearing, or most of the hearing. I got to my hotel room, I don't know, about 10 after 8. Benny Thompson was still doing his opening remarks. I watched him, and then he hands it over. It was just the two of them going, why were the rest of the committee there? It was just the two of them. I don't think anybody else spoke except for the pseudo-witnesses where they're like, let me... uh, let me kiss up to you. Oh, please tell me about how you uh, how you survived this thing. That one guy is as giant as a damn truck. He starts crying. And, oh, it's so horrible. He thought he was going to get beat up by a 108-pound woman. And then the woman who was there is like, I. one thing that I found odd about what she was talking about, the female police officer, is she said she was... Knocked unconscious, knocked backwards and knocked unconscious because her head hit the stairs. She was knocked unconscious. And then she says, and then my adrenaline kicked in. And she got up and ran to another part of the Capitol and started fighting with people there. And I was like, that's not how being knocked unconscious works. You don't get knocked unconscious and somebody said, quick, give him some adrenaline. You are unconscious because you were knocked out. It was just so bizarre. And then she's describing her ordeal as a war, being in a war zone. It was being in combat. She wasn't combat trained. But this is what combat is like. And it's like, no. In combat, both sides have weapons. Both sides have guns. And she's saying, and they, they showed a video of her being sprayed with mace or something like that. And then she said that she was looking around and was horrified because everything was, there was blood everywhere. People were, she was slipping in blood. She had blood on her hands. People had blood on their faces. But, and I'm like, well, why didn't you show that? Because you getting sprayed with mace is, you know, not good, but certainly not 
compelling. I don't know. The whole damn thing was a waste of time. Unbelievably, with a Hollywood... I guess you can't polish a turd and you can't make people who are talentless hack politicians into decent actors. But they sat there and literally, as everybody else was up there in the committee, staring forward, pretending to be paying attention. Thompson and Cheney read every damn word they said. Like, they, they hired somebody to write this stuff. I'm embarrassed for them. Not because, I mean, the words were lies, but still, uh, if you had decent understanding of human behavior you could i don't know deliver the lines with something that resembles normal human emotions but these people were incapable of it it was just not it was bad it was boring i didn't learn any of oh, one guy i marched with the uh, proud boys okay and yeah we had tacos that day and they didn't even go to the trump speech oh okay well then how the hell does the Trump speech inspire the riot then? If the people who you're all saying caused this riot didn't even go to the speech, how do you then inspire the, the whole? I'm going to have so much fun with this on the weekend F and review because I will have audio then. But uh, my God, it's almost as though Republic. Maybe maybe Liz Cheney secretly is a conservative, and she's sabotaging the committee from within. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain how worthless this whole thing was, and she got so much of the speaking time. Anyway, now we'll get back to the regular scheduled programming that was recorded earlier. Boy, howdy, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on. There's, well... There's a lot going on in the world that actually is happening, and then there's a lot going on in Joe Biden's world that actually isn't happening. What an embarrassment to this country the president of the United States is. Look, I, every president has moments where you just go, I wouldn't have done that. It's, it's all in the eye of the beholder. But every president, at least in my, for me, there are things that I thought, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put it that way. I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't responded that way. I wouldn't have whatever. Joe Biden lives there. He doesn't visit it. See, most presidents visit it. A lot of times I, I enjoy it. Like for as far as Donald Trump goes, I enjoyed his marathon press conferences where he's like, I'll stay here as long as you guys have questions. <laughs> like okay, I, I would have left I would have recommended leaving them wanting more. I would have left. I would have recommended um, looking at some questions, hearing some questions, and going, "That's a stupid question. I'm not going to answer it." But that's not Trump's style. That turned off a lot of people. And uh, but he, he at least was there and willing to spar. Joe Biden. It's been 120 days now. I think 119 days. 120 days. Since he sat down for an interview with anybody, any journalist, to make up for that, he went out and talked to Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel is a late-night Democrat. You can't say they're late-night comics because they don't try to even be funny anymore. He's a late-night Democrat. He is out there on the network's dime spinning things 
for the Democrat Party. That's what they do. They used to have a setup and a punchline. Now they have a uh, a speech and applause lines. It's, it's amazing what happened to comedy on television. You wonder why the Gutfeld show is so popular. Because they're, they're interested in being funny. They're interested in being funny. Jimmy Kimmel is interested in the, the audience acknowledging that they all agree on the same things. Well, how about those Republicans? God, they're terrible, right? Oh, <laughs> congratulations. That's a, is that the joke? Uh, Mitch McConnell really sucks. Yeah, yeah, he does, he does. Good point. That's, where's the joke? Where's the joke? You, there's a lot of ways to make... I If you look up the character on Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, called Morn, M-O-R-N, and you hold it side by side of the picture of Mitch McConnell, it's the same dude. It's the same dude. They and a, Morn is an alien who never speaks, but just looks-wise, it's the exact same thing. Plus, the guy looks like a turtle. There are all kinds of jokes if you just want to be you know, junior high level making fun of people's looks. You could go a little bit more sophisticated and make fun of what people are doing, but they don't do that. They don't make jokes about it. They they make political points about it, and the audience goes, I agree with that. God, those Republicans suck. So, of course, a senile, doddering old fool puttering around the White House when uh, getting pressure about not doing any interviews, not being accessible to the media has to check a box and say, I'm doing something. See, I would put myself out there. Jimmy Kimmel is a the warm bath, the warm walk-in tub for Joe Biden. It'd be a warm walk-in tub with plenty of handrails that he absolutely needed. And Jimmy Kimmel did not disappoint. Jimmy Kimmel welcomed, welcomed him with open arms, and Jimmy Kimmel protected Joe Biden from... The only person in the entire studio who was a threat to Joe Biden. And that's Joe Biden. I want to play you this clip here. It is. Uh, it's tough to, you know, I, I want to make fun of it. My I'm going to make fun of it. But it is making fun of somebody having a senior moment, a senile moment. It is mocking dementia. If Joe Biden weren't such an arrogant SOB, I wouldn't feel comfortable mocking him if the democrats around him weren't using him and exploiting him i'd feel a little bit dirty about saying yeah yeah here's here's the senile guy being senile but all of those things are true there's no way joe doesn't recognize this there's no way jill doesn't recognize it maybe hunter doesn't recognize this but only because he smoked a lot of crack but the chief of staff and everybody on staff and the media, they rec they've covered Joe Biden for years. They know that he used to be able to, to speak coherently. He was always dumb, but he was able to formulate a sentence. It was a dumb sentence, but he was able to formulate it. Now he can't. He can't. And what you're going to hear is the president of the United States struggling to make a point, forget what point he was trying to make and not stop talking until Jimmy Kimmel comes in and says, um, all right, let's take a break. I'm gonna, now, imagine another scenario where some third-rate late-night host interrupts the president of the United States to take a break, to take a, you, the commercial breaks. You can take the commercial breaks whenever the hell you want. 
You want to go along with the president, you go along with the president. You wait until the president finishes their thought. But when it becomes abundantly clear that the president of the United States not only is not going to be able to finish their thought, may well not actually have had a thought to begin with, and he's your guy, first of all, a normal human being would go, why the hell is this my guy? But uh, secondly, you, you jump in and you try to save him. That's what Jimmy Kimmel does here. No so, question about So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look how way. the press has changed. Mm-hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it's, I, I get it. I know you, get, you overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it, you overstand it. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a, um, even with, with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on the nightly news. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just, everything gets, gets sensationalized in ways that, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more. I don't, if you don't mind. You. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have some of those commercials. I, I, I we have some biracial you. commercials we need to tell. Now, what the hell? First of all, clicks on the nightly news. Television has been around Joe Biden's entire lifetime. I would think he would. Now, the Internet is still new and confusing to him. It's only been around uh, 30 years. So you can see why he would be confused by that and conflate watching television to clicks on the Internet. But how embarrassing. He's just rambling. What point was he trying to make? If you listen from the beginning to the end, you literally have no idea where he was going. His brain went off the rails and Jimmy Kimmel steps in and goes, let's shut up. Shut up, old man. Let's take a joke. Let's take a break. And he goes, we're going to talk about, we'll watch some of those biracial commercials. And you're sitting there and you're going, because you didn't, nobody watched this. You go, uh, what's he talking about? Well, I have the clip he's talking about. This is something that Joe Biden actually talks about a lot. I don't how much TV is he watching? Is there a Matlock and Murder, She Wrote marathon every single night that he's parked in front of the television and the residents of the White House watching? I, I guess, I mean, it's got to get, he's got to do something. Jill is probably sick of him sniffing her hair. So he's talking about this idea that it's progress somehow in the world that a lot of commercials feature biracial couples. I don't know who sits there and watches TV with a checklist and goes, oh, there's a white couple, no, there's a black couple. Oh, they, there's, there's one and gets... You know, nearly sexually aroused at the prospect. They're just commercials. Tune them out or whatever. It doesn't matter. But to Democrats who are obsessed with race, it's kind of bizarre to hear one celebrate this when all they do is try to divide people by their skin color. Why would you're sitting there? If you're a Democrat watching a TV commercial and there's a uh, a black woman married to a white guy in the ad. Your thoughts shouldn't be, wouldn't be, because you're a Democrat. Your thoughts wouldn't be, well, that's good. That's progress. First of all, a normal human being wouldn't even care. But a Democrat sit there and go, oh, that's good. It's racial. No, a real Democrat would sit there and go, why is that woman marrying an oppressor? 
Why is that woman marrying a racist who benefits from system? You know what? She probably did it so that uh, maybe her children would benefit from some of the white privilege by proxy. I'm sure that's what that that's what would go through your mind. If you're a Democrat, if you take the garbage that they spew constantly, literally, they don't mean it. Most of them don't. Some of them do. Some of them are like Joe Biden has a long history of racism. He's not being clever by half and trying to manipulate people. He's just an old time. He's almost 80 years old and he's a racist is what we say in uh, in life. Is he's set in his ways. That's why they don't even try to correct Jody. He's just set in his ways. He makes comments that uh, are politically incorrect about minorities or gay people. And you just go, oh, that's Joe being Joe. A Republican says anything remotely close to it, and it is an off-with-their-head moment. But Joe says it, and it's meh. But listen to him talk about the progress. He's rambling here about biracial couples in television ads again. Apropos of nothing, by the way, he just sort of goes off on a tangent. I've Sorry. never been more optimistic in my life, so I'll tell you why. I, why are you so optimistic? No, it I, makes no sense. No, it does. <laughs> Look at the kids. Look at the young people. Best educated least prejudice, most giving generation in American history. Turn on the television now. You turn on the, no, I'm serious. Right, there's something to that. Yeah. No, I'm serious. You turn on the TV, look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV? When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, people are selling products, they do ads to sell products, and they sell products when people, they appeal to people. This generation is going to change everything. We just got to make sure we don't give up. <laughs> what the hell? At the end there, he loses it. These people, are, they're selling products in the way that they sell products. You know, they got a, the best educated generation. Is, is If you look at the millennials and the Gen Zs or whatever the hell they are, I don't even know what the hell they're, they're called after the millennials. Um, is that what you think? Why? They're the best educated. Now, if you're a Democrat, I can see how you do that because the uh, Pavlovian nonstop onslaught on these kids brains has taken and a lot of them they march out of your school why we're leaving school today at noon why to protest what does it matter no you're right it doesn't matter i'm going to totally go for it we're going to protest against guns okay well i'm in we're going to protest against abortion for abortion all right yeah let's let's do it yeah in that sense the left has a reason to be optimistic about the future because we now have to spend a lot of time and energy deprogramming these kids to start recognizing reality. But to sit there and go, I'm so excited and, and about the future because uh, a Toyota commercial had a, an Asian guy and a Hispanic woman who appeared to be married in their commercial while they're driving their car. You go, but how close attention do you pay to commercials? And how acutely attuned is your radar to people's skin color, dude? I would like to think that the president of the United States has better things to do. I'd like to think that human beings are past this point, but we know that they aren't. We know that they are not. This is where the Democrats live. They divide to conquer. And it works on a lot of stupid people, which the first of all, what Joe Biden says that this is the best educated generation. And, oh, they're so educated. Uh, there's literally no data to support that. 
first of all. There's nothing remotely close in any of the data out there in dealing with education to suggest that the United States is the best educated in the, the world. It's just a joke. How many times do you hear stories about City X? Well, only 14% have a reading proficiency in the fifth grade. And they're talking not about sixth graders. They're talking about kids who recently graduated. You go, yeah, no, this is the best. This is the best. This is Joe Biden sucking up to the teachers unions. But to sit there and say this is the best educated ever, ever. My God, we're so screwed. If that's if this is the best we can do, we're really screwed. So after uh, talking with Jimmy Kimmel about his, I don't know, amazement that there are biracial couples couples on television television commercials, how how out of touch, by the way, do you have to be? That's been going on for a while now, I guess. But to sit there and go, oh, I just noticed there's a black guy and a white lady. What's happening there? Another sign of senility, I would say. They then shifted to, well, Jimmy Kimmel is a big fan of everything left wing. Everything left wing. He desperately wants gun control. He, I bet you he lives in a gated community. I bet you he lives in a gated community that is... Um, Patrolled by armed guards. See, Jimmy Kimmel makes a lot of money. Jimmy Kimmel wants to protect himself and his family. I can't blame him for that, but I can call him out for the hypocrisy of wanting that while for himself while refusing to allow you to do the same. No, 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 they're armed guards. Oh, yeah, Jimmy, I'm sure that in your gated community they have a very stringent... Uh, background check and uh, rigorous six-month training period before they give those people a a vest, a nightclub, and a stick, and a gun, and uh, send them out to patrol the neighborhood. I'm sure that's exactly what's going on. Well, in this, in the course of this, as I had to look it up, it just didn't make any sense, and of course, it's not true. He talks about executive orders by president. Now, I want to point out that Barack Obama did more executive, actually every other president all the way back until you get to George H.W. Bush did significantly more executive orders than Donald Trump did. But if you're just going based off of the uh, number, the average of executive orders per year as president of the United States... Joseph Robinette Biden beats Donald John Trump. Donald Trump did 220 executive orders over the course of four years. Joe Biden has done 90 to this point. That breaks down to, for Donald Trump, 55 per year compared to 67 per year for Joe Biden. You'd never, you'd think Joe Biden would know what he's been doing. By the way, the most the problem with most of these executive orders, the numbers, the raw numbers don't really matter all that much. What is the policy that Donald Trump created out of whole cloth with his executive order? And by that, I mean a la uh, the dreamers. Remember all oh, the sweet dreamers? They're the best children. Your children suck compared to the dreamers. Have you just watched the media? They're just terrible compared to these sweet, sweet, nourishing, illegal alien children. But 
Barack Obama created that program out of whole cloth. Wildly unconstitutional, but the worthless Supreme Court, as configured at the time, said, no, you, you can't undo that as uh, with an executive order. You can only create government programs with an executive order, which is wildly stupid and un-American, fully un-American. But Donald Trump, did Donald Trump create new law with the stroke of a pen? He did not. His executive orders are all sorts of things, like recognizing certain days or whatever. Um, no, he didn't. He did put it, use an executive order to tra- put the travel ban in place. He did use an executive order to put the ban from countries that could not vet or would not vet their citizens or their people traveling here, saying, uh, you know what, we w- we're not going to let people come in here from those countries. Those were executive orders. Those also fell fully within the purview of the president of the United States and were in accordance with the law. The left just hated them and attacked Donald Trump for doing them because they, well, they hate Donald Trump and they, they did that. They always found a, a judge usually out in... Uh, Hawaii or somewhere to go. Yeah, I know it's unconstitutional. So I in Hawaii will rule that you can't have this anywhere in the country. Usually headed by idiot leftist uh, attorneys general, like here in Maryland, Brian Frosch, Maryland's mustache. He uh, he just spent his time fighting with Donald Trump and the Trump administration because he had nothing better to do, apparently. Maybe we could eliminate the position of attorney general if the guy has this much time on his hands. But what you're about to hear is Joe Biden and Jimmy Kimmel talk about executive orders. And Joe Biden tried to say he wasn't he doesn't want to do that, because if you're just like Republicans, then that's a real threat to our democracy. And I, I cannot wait for this SOB to be out of office. Uh, he's just. No. Let him explain it himself. At the end, he says that uh, the only way to really what you got to do is send Republicans to jail. He's theoretically joking, but he's not joking. And you know, he's not joking. 2004. Can't you and, issue and, an executive order? Trump passed those out like Halloween candy. Yes, sir. It, well, it, I did. Isn't that something that could happen? Well, I, I, I have issued executive orders within the power of the presidency to be able to deal with these everything having to do with guns, gun ownership whether or not you have to have a waiting, all, all the things that are within my power. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and the constitutional authority. And, and so, and I mean that sincerely, because I often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. not a joke. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you've got to send them to jail, uh, you know. <laughs> there's that little box in there. Directly to jail? <laughs> Go directly to jail. The president... Uh, send him to jail. Yeah, no, that's not Hitlerific at all. Send him to jail. That's what you do. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) God, they're such horrible people. They really are. But to sit there and talk about, well, you know, the executive orders, Donald Trump did them like he was passing out candy. Name an executive order. What he did in one of them was wave a lot of red tape that was Operation Warp Speed. 
So in that sense, yeah, would Jimmy Kimmel have preferred that those not uh, that not have been engaged? No, they don't give you the details. They just give you the raw numbers. That's what they do. Joe Biden wants to issue executive orders to strip you of your Second Amendment right. There's nowhere in the Constitution that remotely comes close to granting the President of the United States that kind of power. But they don't want you to think about it. They think it's, a, it's just a numbers game. It's just a numbers game. Donald Trump did more than Joe Biden did. Yeah, he did. He was also in office for four years, and Joe Biden's only been there for a year and a half. But if you just do the basic math, like I said... Donald Trump did, on average, 55 executive orders per year. Joe Biden did 67. You want to talk about Actually, Joe Biden's only really been in there for a year and a third. Want to talk about that? Want to mention that? No, they don't want to talk about that. So then Joe Biden just goes on to lie. I mean, he just, he just lied constantly in this thing. I don't know how... A good Catholic boy like Joe Biden pretends to be can pretend to be a good Catholic boy when you're out there just BSing your way through a television interview. But then, of course, if you weren't talking to an idiot who is ready to believe anything you said, you wouldn't be able to get through this. This is why they won't sit down, even with a left wing journalist who will at least bring in some fact based questions. Now, they'll let him BS his way through the answers, but at least point out some problems. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't work that way. That's not what he's about. That's not how he rolls. So then Joe Biden lies about, went on to lie about pretty much everything in the economy. He did. It, that's the only way I can put this. Listen to it. Look, here's where we are. We have the fastest growing economy in the world. The world. The world. We have 8.6 million new jobs just since I got in office. Unemployment rates down to 3.6%. We've reduced the deficit last year by $320 billion. This year, we're going to reduce it by $1.7 trillion. Trillion dollars. Right. And so we're the strongest economy, and that's allowed us at least to stay on top of and a little bit ahead of what's happening around the world. Now, don't you feel on top of and ahead of all the inflation going on? Don't you feel, aren't you so grateful that Joe Biden is president of the United States? Sure, gas prices are going to be six, seven bucks by the end of the summer, but at least there are no mean tweets. We have the strongest economy in the world. In the, he repeats it, the world, the world. That wasn't a stutter. That was him doing it for effect. Last quarter, the economy shrank 1.4%. Shrank 1.4%. When the numbers come in for this quarter, for the, the, next, the second quarter of the, uh, the year, if they too are a contracting economy, that will be the very definition. Uh, they'll redefine it by then. But that will be the definition of a recession, two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Our economy is shrinking. It's the strongest economy in the world. Nowhere near the truth. But if you just repeat a lie, and you repeat a lie on television, and you repeat a lie on television where the person you're telling it to doesn't know the facts, doesn't care. I don't know if Jimmy Kimmel's an idiot or he doesn't care. It's Probably a little from column A, a little from column B. But the economy is not doing well. We created 8.6 million new jobs. No, you didn't. You did not. Those were jobs that came back after the governments, state governments, mostly Democrat-controlled state governments, forcibly closed businesses. 
And they cooked the books to create it. I always say if you can control the unit of measure, you control everything. Imagine you want to create the myth that you created more jobs than anybody or more jobs have been created on your watch than anybody. What do you do? Close businesses. Expand unemployment so people are very well excited to go on unemployment. So they're actually making more money. So you got a whole bunch of people rushing to, uh, to file for unemployment insurance. Then you end that, you open up the businesses, they say, okay, now you can go back to work and you count everybody who goes back to work as a new job. A look at what I've done. I am the Johnny Appleseed of jobs. Do you know any new businesses that have started? Do you know anybody who started a new business? Anybody who looked at the Biden administration and said, they really want to tax the hell out of anybody who's successful. They want to put up regulations to the point that they're going to explode electricity costs. Now's a great time to start a new business. Nobody. Nobody says that. He's lying. He's lying about that. But he gets away with it because he's talking to Jimmy Kimmel and not even somebody like Lester Holt, who would be already in the tank, but would hear that and go, now, wait a second. I, I, I can't pretend to be as dumb as Jimmy Kimmel can be or Jimmy Kimmel is. I have to point out this reality. He wasn't done lying about the economy, though. When you have the truth on your side, you don't have to lie. But still, he continued. Second thing is, look, inflation is the, is, is the, is the bane of our existence. Inflation is mostly in food and in gasoline yeah. at, at the pump. That's what kills you because it's well, a little billboard. Telling everyone how expensive everything is. If Donald Trump leaves one of those Sharpies over for you, you could maybe change the price on that, you know. We we could. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the fact that gas prices are, it's just, it's, now, that's new for him, though. Joe Biden actually made the mistake of telling the truth after months and months and months of telling lies. He said that inflation is largely in food and gas. Gas has has doubled. That's 100% inflation. You look at a lot of uh, particularly meat, fish, poultry, that has gone up 75% or more in your grocery store. That's a lot. Now, what just a few months ago, back December, January, February, March, what was Joe Biden saying was really the driving force behind inflationary. Because you'd say, well, gee, there's back then, it was quaint, 6 and 7% inflation. Now we're up to 8.3%. But it was a quaint little 6, 7%. The administration that was telling you, first of all, this inflation is transitory. It's just fake. It's just going to be there for a minute. Don't worry. They lied to you for nine months while doing absolutely nothing about it. Actually, they did a lot about it. They made it much worse. Once it began to uh, stick around and they could no longer pretend that it was temporary, they started lying to you again. It's all in used cars. It's just in used cars. Here's Joe Biden back in December of just last year. The downside is prices have gone up because of supply chain concerns. We've worked as hard on the supply chain concerns. I think you're going to see, you've already begun to see, and you're going to see over the next couple months, oil prices, gas prices of a gas pump come down. You know, the biggest one, one, one of the, a third of the increase in inflation is used automobiles. Um, so, I mean, it is a real problem. 
But the point is that has to do with supply chain as well. But it also has to do with the fact that not everybody's looking for a used automobile, but those who are, they're paying higher prices because there's fewer of them because of COVID and what was sold out and the like. So I think it's uh, it really is. It's a real bump in the road. Just a bump in the road. What do you want? A third of inflation is used cars. Don't worry about it. Just used cars. Unless you're buying a used car, you're fine. You're fine. And oh, by the way, don't you love his, his soothsayer abilities? Look, and uh, uh, the gas prices are going to come down in a month or two. Everybody forgets that doozy. Gas prices are going to come down in a month or two. They've been lying to you. They've been gladly to promising to pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today for about a year now as gas prices have doubled. They've never come close to telling you the truth because the truth doesn't serve them in any way, shape, or form. So you got Joe Biden there lying about everything, the economy. And he just kept going. He just kept going because, well, I mean, once you're in, you pull all your chips into the center of the table. You commit yourself to that lie. You've got to stick with it. You have to have really no conscience whatsoever to be able to stick with it. But then again, if you're a politician for 40 plus years, you 50 plus years, good Lord, you don't have much of a conscience, do you? So Joe continues to lie about everything. You know, Inflation is a problem, which I'll speak to in a second. It's real. And a lot of people are being hurt by it. But guess what? One third of the inflation in America is a consequence of the cost of automobiles. One third. One third. The lie. Just one third. Stop complaining about inflation. This was when they were trying to convince you. And this is the Democrat strategy when it comes to the 2022 election. Is they've got to convince you that you don't know how good you've got it. Stop whining. Stop complaining. You don't have any idea how good you've got it. It's an interesting strategy. It is um, perverse. It's not particular. It's never really been successful. You, you don't know how good you've got it. But this is all they've got. Hey, man, quit complaining about inflation. After a year of... Would you trust... Why would anybody trust? Think about this, the way that Democrats are trying to run for election this time re-election they lied to you about inflation for a year almost a year nine months to a year they told you it was transitory it's just temporary stuff first of all they said it wasn't happening then when they couldn't deny it wasn't happening then they said it's transitory it's just temporary stop complaining don't worry about it you're not it's a blip in the radar once we get this uh supply chain thing figured out that's all it is it's just a supply chain issue it's affecting mostly used cars stop complaining stop complaining stop complaining then they couldn't deny it any longer oh, by the way they were right about the supply chain being screwed up and these very same people who are telling you trust us trust us trust us did what they didn't fix the supply chain they still haven't su fixed the supply chain you can't find baby formula anywhere so you're sitting there and they're telling you last year, it's the supply chain, it's uh, temporary, don't worry about it, and it's mostly unused cars anyway, so it's no big deal. They still haven't fixed the supply chain. Let that sink in. Honestly, let that sink in. How terrifying is that? That these people are in charge and they've done nothing. Nothing. 
So then they had to admit that, of course, inflation is real, but it's not that bad. And now you got Janet Yellen going, I missed inflation, throwing herself on the grenade for the president. And the president going on comedy shows, going, well, inflation is bad, but it's only on, now he's changed it from used cars. It's really only on food and gasoline. Well, okay, good. Thank God it's not on anything that's important, Joe, lest people be hurting from your inflation. I mean, honest to God, I don't know what goes on in his head, but I imagine the echo is deafening for every noise that is actually made inside there. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about inflation. Inflation is only on food and gas, mostly. Oh, really? That's actually on everything, Joe. Your supply chain issues. Some of it is supply chain. If you really wanted to worry about inflation, the most immediate thing to do about inflation would be to stop printing money. All right. Stop printing money. And then you can uh, work on the physical moving of things, the trucking of things. But if you're sitting there and going, well, don't worry. Remember when he was he got the port of Los Angeles to open 24 hours a day, seven days a week? They agreed. Oh, we'll be open. We'll be open nonstop. Don't worry. We'll get all those ships off. All they did was move the ships further off the shore. Now they are outside the range of what constitutes the legal definition of waiting offshore. They're putting them on hold further out. And you're sitting there going, How did, what, a, what problem did that solve? It didn't solve any problem except for their messaging problem. And you notice the obedient media has done exactly what the Democrats needed them to do and said, all right, well, there's, we're not going to talk about the supply chain anymore. Occasionally they have to talk about it for very specific things like baby formula, but they won't mention to you that, yes, the Abbott facility that the government shut down in Michigan over a false accusation of contamination only produced one-third of the baby formula in this country. The other two-thirds of baby formula that's sold in this country mostly came from Asia, mostly from China. It's mostly sitting on ships out in the Pacific Ocean. Even if you got it here, you'd have to ship it and now diesel costs seven bucks a gallon. Used to cost three bucks a gallon. What do you think that's going to do to the cost of these things? If you have to pay more to acquire something to sell it, say you're the Safeway manager, the safe, the just Safeway company. You say, we used to pay two bucks wholesale for this thing. We sold it for three bucks. Now it costs us four fifty to get it to the store. So we got to pay four fifty to get it. So now we have to sell it for $7. And what will happen when they do that, when they eventually do get it? You'll have a string of Democrats conga lining into the grocery store going, well, these are price gouging, violent, nasty, mean, old uh, capitalist grocery stores are just trying to take advantage of a situation. No. No. Well, we got the baby formula to the docks. I don't understand. We got the factory opening the baby formula. Why is baby formula so expensive? Because you've doubled the cost of getting it to the store physically. You know, that's kind of an important aspect in overhead. Everything this administration is doing is wrong. Everything this administration is doing is counterproductive to people who want to live their lives and take care of their families. If you don't feel the crunch yet, you likely will. You likely will. 
And yet the uh, chief of staff to the president of the United States, a guy called Ron Klain. Ron Klain was Al Gore's chief of staff when he was vice president of the United States. I believe he was also campaign manager. I know he wasn't heavily involved. He's one of the top advisors if he wasn't the campaign manager for Al Gore's failed 2020 campaign, which Al Gore could have easily won had he only carried the congressional district he used to represent. If he had carried that district, he would have carried his own home state, which he didn't carry. The people who knew him best said, Al, I'm not putting you anywhere near power. Go chase yourself. That's Ron Klain. He was Barack Obama's point man on Ebola. (laughs) Ebola. That make you feel good? He's now the chief of staff to the president. He appeared on MSNBC yesterday. Of course he did. You always run right to the warmest, warmest hug when you're desperately in need of one. Talking to Nicole Wallace. Listen to this list of... Now, first of all, I believe she just kind of sets the ball in the tee for him. She's not a serious journalist. She's not a serious person. She's a former Republican, allegedly, but she worked for John McCain and George W. Bush, so Republican in name only. She sets the ball on the tee for Ron Klain to just lie. And lie he does. Ron Klain is a very skilled liar. He's made millions of dollars being a skilled liar. He takes credit for everything good, none of which had anything to do with Joe Biden, all of which had to do with Donald Trump as president. And he also negates or neglects to mention the fact, and it is a fact, that more people died of COVID on Joe Biden's watch than died on Donald Trump's watch. Joe Biden was going to come in. He was going to put COVID in its place. We're going to show COVID who's boss. I got you, COVID. Who do you think you are? And he failed to do that. He made things significantly worse. Spent way more money than anybody even thought necessary because they could under the guise of emergency. You just say, hey, you're setting money on fire. Give me some money. I want to set some on fire. But more people died of COVID. COVID deaths in 2020, 350,831. COVID deaths in 2021. Who was president then? Joseph Biden. 460,513. Remember that as you hear this guy lie. Is there, you know, are there updates on progress that's been made since baby formula and other things have been in the news that you want to share? Well, sure. I mean, I think obviously when the president got here, our first challenge was try to make progress on COVID. And between the vaccines, the boosters, and of course, our unprecedented rollout of Paxlovid, the anti-COVID drug, we've seen deaths drop 90% since he's been here. Schools are open, businesses are open. Uh, America feels more like itself again. Oh, yeah, it feels more like America again if America were Berlin 1933. Totally. Finally, we're feeling more like America. Yeah, okay, well, Paxlovid was developed under Donald Trump. The vaccines were developed under Donald Trump. Paxlovid wasn't introduced under Donald Trump because they were doing more safety checks, but you don't get to take credit for that. It was part of Operation Warp Speed. Deaths have dropped 90% since we've been here. Deaths have dropped 90%. Where does that number come from? 
Nicole Wallace, being the diligent MSNBC employee that she is, did not bother to ask. Didn't because that's like deaths of ninety percent. Just like Joe Biden's claims, hey man, uh, a third of inflation is because he used cars. So I don't even want to hear it. No reporter says, what are you, what are you basing that on? Where do you get that data from? Nobody asked him. Of course, Joe would have to be near a reporter to ask. And he wasn't anywhere near reporters. But the whole thing is a total scam. I'll repeat the numbers because you heard Ron Klain say deaths have dropped 90%. 2020 COVID deaths, 350,831. These are the government's own numbers from the CDC. 2021 COVID deaths, 460,513. It's 110,000, 109,000 and change difference. That ain't sniff, nothing to sniff at, you know. It's not some lady's hair. Lives were lost under uh, Donald Trump, and those lives mattered, damn it. Everybody in the media and every Democrat cared deeply about that. They had the clickers and the counters on their screen constantly, the number of COVID deaths. Joe Biden becomes president, and within a, within a month, that counter is gone. Now, maybe it broke because the number of deaths went up exponentially, or maybe not. Maybe it was more political than that. Now, if you look at cable news, they have countdowns to the January 6th hearings. Oh, countdowns to the January. It's only eight hours. So it's only five hours. It's coming right around the corner. It's not Christmas. But these are adults pimping themselves, whoring themselves out for the Democratic Party. The American people are smarter than that. They're smarter than that. You always see the movie where somebody, well, the episode of Seinfeld, where George meets an attractive woman on the subway. She's very interested in him, takes him to a hotel room, handcuffs him to the the headboard, and then steals his clothes. That was all he had was his clothes. Like, what? What? The American people aren't as dumb as George Costanza. They recognize the prostitute down in the subway. They recognize the prostitute on their television screen with their press credential. And they walk away. This hearing, whatever it ends up being, is going to be a waste of time. It's a made-for-TV event. And the Nicole Wallaces of the world and everybody at MSNBC and CNN is sitting there going, I can't, I can't wait. I'm shivering in anticipation. Of his touch. Whose touch? Uh, Benny Thompson, the chairman of the... Anybody. Give me give me Adam Schiff. Give me any of these. Liz Cheney. I'll take Liz Cheney. I'm just so turned on at the prospect of this thing. Watching the countdown clock continue. You wonder why these people not only aren't trusted anymore, they're despised. It's absolutely 100% deserved. I'm going to touch on a couple of things really quickly because, you know, just to get out. These things have been up here for a while where I'm like, damn it, just get to it. And I couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. The Washington Post, just a detestable rag over there. Unworthy of your birds droppings. They have an op-ed by Jonathan Capehart. Poor Jonathan Capehart. Never before has anybody made so much money with so little talent as Jonathan Capehart. He, of course, has a weekend show on MSNBC. He's a gay black man, so he's historic, too, I'm sure, somehow. And he just throws himself into victimhood. He's the personification of leftism. 
His opinion, why black people are afraid of crazy white people. They said, no, they don't hate all white people. It's just the crazy white people. And, of course, the crazy white people are the conservatives. They're the Republicans. They're the people who won't conform to what Democrats insist, demand, want. And you're like, what the hell? What has happened to the Washington Post? And then you recognize it's the plaything of one of the world's richest men. He literally bought it for he bought it for cash. He had $125 million in cash laying around, and he said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Just take, bust off, take, there's like $10 billion in the corner over there. Take how much we agreed upon and then get out. And that's it. And you go, well, shouldn't they, don't they have standards? No, they don't have standards. What's the problem? If you get sued, Nick Sandman sued them for defamation, for smearing him, the lie that was a horrible racist guy, this little kid, horrible, horrible racist, taking on this sweet, sweet, nourishing, toothless Native American. He got a settlement. How much? I guarantee you whatever it was, Jeff Bezos didn't even notice. Jeff Bezos didn't even Just take $10 million and throw it at the kid. Take a million, whatever it is, $100,000, throw it at the kid. I will, by the time the money wad that you throw at the kid lands, I will have made back more than that amount of money. So when you have that kind of insurance policy, it's not even an insurance policy. It's what the filthy rich have. They don't buy insurance. They just pay cash. How much is it for a heart transplant? Uh, 10 million bucks. All right, here you go. Here's 10 million bucks. Let's do this thing. That's just the way it works. So that impacts the way that the Washington Post does their business. They don't have to worry. Your business, you open a business, you have to go, oh my God, I got to carry insurance. I got to make sure if, any, if there's any insurance claim, it's going to cost my insurance to skyrocket. It's going to be problematic. I've really got to be diligent about everything. Washington Post sort of, they don't have to mop a floor. They don't have to mop a spill. Oh, there's a baby oil spill in aisle three? Well, let's set up a camera and watch people fall on their ass and break their hips. It'll be hilarious. And, you know, then we'll we'll pay them all millions of dollars. It won't matter. They're the plaything of one of the world's richest men. So they can run garbage like, uh, why are black people afraid of crazy white people? Oh, it's just terrible. And you can ignore the fact that you're 999,000 times more likely to be killed by another black person if you're black than a crazy white or white person crazy or otherwise. That's what the Washington Post has become. It's pathetic. Now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, every once in a while, one of the rewarding things about this job is you get to find obscure stories. And, you know, in doing show prep, you, you find yourself going into obscure corners of the Internet weird chat rooms where you hear hints of stories and you go that can't be true and you try and hunt it down because if it's true it's interesting and and worthy of note but sometimes it's really difficult to prove that these things are true and you you go down a bunch of dead ends and you just can't i imagine it's a lot like being a journalist except that you have dignity and you don't lie so, but you, you you're trying to find a way to prove this story because you want to actually I want to inform you guys as to the best you know information out there. You need to know what's going on in your world, and you need to know accurately. So, when I started hearing hints about this story, I 
went looking for it. it. It was one of those things where you're like, "This can this actually be real? Can this actually have happened? And you don't want to believe it. You don't really believe it. And you the, the harder it is to find things the you know to back it up anybody reporting on it the the less you are likely to believe what's going on but then i was able to confirm it finally or at least find some places that had reported it and so i can tell you about it did you know that there was an attempt to murder a supreme court justice I swear to god hand to god it's true now you wouldn't have known it if you'd really paid attention to the uh the liberal media but it is true. Like if you were staying in a hotel last night and you woke up and the, the nation's hotel doormat was on your, your right outside the door. I'm speaking, of course, of USA Today, which really it serves as a hotel doormat. It, it only um, the only purpose it serves is to wipe your feet on it. <laughs> the um, the USA Today that bills itself as the nation's newspaper. And I'm looking at a, a picture right here of the front page, all unfolded. It's three bucks an issue for this piece of garbage. Um, USA Today did not mention it at all in the entire newspaper. USA Today didn't. A guy arrested in Chevy Chase, Maryland, uh, with the intention of murdering Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and the weapons to do it, by the way. And it doesn't rate a mention on the front page of, quote, the nation's newspaper. <laughs> they always say USA Today has the most circulation. And I think it's still owned by Gannett. It might not be. They might have dumped it. But they always say, well, this is the wide circulation. Like, yeah, because they give one to literally everybody who stays in a, in a hotel. Like, please take this thing. What did make the front page of USA Today? Gymnasts are filing a lawsuit against Nasser in the abuse case. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Um, that is newsworthy. That should be. It's not even on the front cover, but it's like a tease of what's inside. Uh, they have a, a story there right at the top. Fuller picture of January 6th to come. I don't know how much it's been a year and a half. We, we got the picture, but no, it's going to be a fuller picture. On the other side, the big picture is a guy wiping his tears away as uh, families, survivors plead for gun control. Okay, yeah, fine, there you go. Then uh, below the fold, there's federal home lenders seek to close equity gap, which means that the federal government is going to start forcing mortgage companies to give out loans based on skin color. <laughs> Something... They used to expressly be forbidden from doing and got in trouble for doing. But hey, you know what? It's it's our discrimination. It was their discrimination then too, but what are you going to do? And then there it says, uh, primaries fill in more of the puzzle for November. Not a single mention. They couldn't be bothered to mention the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. They didn't tease it on the inside because it's not on the inside. What is on the inside? The tease up at the top, another one. Podcaster Kelly Corrigan, never heard of, I'm assuming it's a her, never heard of her. Podcaster Kelly Corrigan, quote, interested in humanity. Oh, wow. I can see why that is certainly more important than the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice. Have you ever heard of Kelly Corrigan? I don't know, maybe you have. The little he sub headline below it says Kelly Corrigan wonders and tell me more host remains humble about her success. 
what success? I never heard of her. Didn't make it in the paper. The New York Times did put it on the cover. Sort of. Sort of. Down at the very bottom, the top stories are, of course, Russia extends grip on areas it is overrun. And for Democrats, California vote sends warning and House bill to impose limit on gun sales. Those are the top headlines. And then right in the middle, there's a seven-page photo expose with a bigger story inside. It says, inside an attack on democracy. And ironically, that is not about. They ran that headline the day after a man probably a reader, a liberal Democrat in good standing, was arrested for the attempted murder of a Supreme Court justice. But it doesn't have anything to do with that. It, too, is about the big old hearing that Democrats have staged for television about January 6th. Down at the very bottom, down at the very bottom, they finally get around to mentioning it. Down at the very bottom when they tease what else is inside the paper. Then they bring up Brett Kavanaugh. It's not even its own story. It's, uh, oh, by the way, on the inside of the paper, there's this. As near Kavanaugh's home, a federal affidavit says an armed man accused of traveling to Maryland with plans to kill a justice has been charged with attempted murder. The story is on page A20. A20. They don't want people to get that far in there. Then they finally get to A20. It says, man with pistol, crowbar, and zip ties is arrested near Kavanaugh's home. Huh. There, That's the headline. There you go. Just no big deal. And you sit there and you go, what in the hell has become of our journalism? What in the hell has become? Well, it's because they did this. You don't get mad at a tree you planted. You don't plant a tree near your side, right next to your sidewalk and go, God, this tree is, the roots are coming. It's ruining this sidewalk. Well, you you planted it there. You planted it there. You probably don't say anything. You just rip the tree out. Pretend there was never a tree there. Even though your neighbors told you don't plant a tree there. You know, I don't want Ed living next door to know that I'm an idiot. I'm refused. I'm going to pull this tree out and he doesn't need to know. You don't get mad for at the hammer for hitting yourself on the thumb. You don't get mad at the hammer for hitting yourself in the head. You did it to yourself. This is a guy the Democratic establishment, including the party and the media, created. That's what he did. He did this. They did this. That he had a mental breakdown before he was able to do it when he saw that the house was fully guarded is um, a good thing. A testament to maybe he wasn't completely insane. But make no doubt about it, he was a loyal viewer of the left-wing networks, I guarantee it. And so what did he learn? What could have inspired them? Well, I have a little montage here. Cut together by, I believe it was Grabian. At the end, it weirdly seems to speed up a little bit. It's them doing it. I didn't do it. But it is worth listening to. The response in the irresponsible media to the leaked decision draft, not even final, who knows if it's the way it was, decision draft in the Roe v. Wade case and how the people who will lecture you about your rhetoric spoke about it. Each one of these people is either a politician or a member of the media paid to speak. 
they get money for this sort of garbage. And they'll they'll slam you for a joke. They'll slam you for an impure thought. They'll slam you for anything and everything. They'll slam. They'll blame you for the shooter in Buffalo, for example. Even though he, they they all said, "Oh, Tucker Carlson responsible for that dude in Buffalo," because he talked about the Great Replacement theory, and this guy wrote about it too. The guy also said he's an authoritarian leftist, but they ignore that. The guy never mentioned Tucker Carlson at all. No evidence he's ever watched Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson was responsible because one sentence in an 18,000-word manifesto is similar to something Tucker once said. It's also similar to something Democrats once said or bragged about, but now is passe. He's responsible. But this montage, you can see why they don't want to talk about the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, because this is the spawn of their loins. War has been declared on the American woman. How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? We are not going back. Yeah, they're trying to criminalize our bodies. Yes, they're trying to move toward states' rights, and we all know what states' rights means. Not ever! Not ever! The founding fathers didn't recognize abortion as a fundamental right because the founding fathers were racist, misogynist jerk faces who didn't believe that women had any rights at all. The 50 years of rights, the 50 the decades of press that has just been spit on and thrown away in this draft opinion. No one is safe. This overturning row will be a mass criminalization event. Not ever! Not ever! Never! And honestly, at this point, I think we're all right to question the legitimacy of the court. It read like an anti-abortion activist wrote it, not a Supreme Court justice. These justices are acting like this is somehow something that they have the right to change. They do not have the right to change this. And this Supreme Court has said they don't care. They don't care about those women. What they care about is imposing their extremist view on the rest of the country. The Supreme Court is poised to inflict the greatest restriction of rights in the past 50 years. quite a radical decision. The decision would be an abomination, an abomination. One of the worst ever in modern history. Not ever! You see fascism down the line here. Not ever! Not ever! This is the kind of news that rocks your world as a woman. Women have barely had any rights in this country most of the time that women have been in this country. My worry is that this is just the beginning. Next, they'll go after gay marriage and, and maybe maybe uh, uh, the board, the, what is it, Brown versus Board of Education? Yeah. It's clear that they will try to turn back the clock to a time when women, people of color, LGBTQ people are second-class citizens. The story that women across America and the men who love them or the men who might like sex care about is our fundamental right to abortion. Not ever! Not ever! Mika there at the end. How many abortions do you think Joe has made her get? Like, you're my third wife. I don't want to have to be paying for child support when my fourth and fifth marriage roll around. So let's just let's just roll you up to a Planned Parenthood thing. She's she's too old. She's she's gone through the change already. But you get the idea. These people inspired that lunatic to try to kill. The Supreme Court Justice. The President of the United States goes on a late night comedy show, doesn't say Jack diddly diddly do about it, doesn't mention it at all. It doesn't come up. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't mention it. There's no, no mention of it. It's not a story. It's not a story. The uh, President then, when he's talking to reporters briefly before he gets on the plane, doesn't mention it. Not a story. An email was sent out from the historic Karen Jean Pierre saying, this is bad, you probably shouldn't try to kill Supreme Court justices. Don't worry, we're going to protect them. That's it. 
the Senate unanimously beforehand, before this, had passed a bill to offer enhanced security, more security, permanent security, protection to Supreme Court justices thanks to the left-wing mob threatening to kill them and showing up at their houses and doxing them and all of that. It passed unanimously in the United States Senate. Unanimously. Not a single person objected to it. Nothing passes unanimously anymore. All we do is here is, oh, nothing's bipartisan. Where's the bipartisanship? Here's something on which Republicans and Democrats in the United States Senate agreed on. And the House, under Nancy Pelosi for the past week and a half, has refused to hold a vote on it. Refute. They refused yesterday to hold a vote on it. Maybe today they'll hold a vote on it. But I don't think they want to distract from their big show trial. So they probably won't. They don't give a damn. They want Republicans to die. They want conservative justices to be murdered. Oh, that's so country. It's true. Tell me I'm lying. It's straight out of the, the, uh, the book, The Pelican Brief where two Supreme Court justices, a liberal and a conservative, were murdered by, it turns out, a billionaire who was a a land deal, an oil thing, whatever. It was years down the road, but it was a case that was worming its way to the Supreme Court. It doesn't have to be that convoluted. Democrats want to pack the Supreme Court. They don't have the votes to pack the Supreme Court. So you can unpack the Supreme Court. How do you unpack the Supreme Court? You murder a couple of justices. Or you terrorize them to the point that they go, I can't do this anymore, and they resign. That's what you do. Joe Biden, now, if this guy had succeeded, if this guy had it sounded like just judging by what was in his pack, he was going to kill the entire Kavanaugh family, but he was going to torture them before he did it, because that's how liberals are. That's how sick these people are. And then he was going to kill himself. He should have just started with that. This this guy was doing the bit. Now, you would think under those circumstances, the express reason this guy would have killed Brett Kavanaugh would cause the president of the United States to like stand up and go, this is ridiculous. I will not. I want, uh, you know, to appoint Supreme Court justices as much as the next guy, but I will not take advantage of this horrible situation. I will therefore, I'll let Mitch McConnell pick the nominee. You know, because you're not going to, you're not going to replace a conservative justice with a liberal justice through murder. No way. Set an example that you can do this and somebody should go after another conservative. No, I refuse to do that. I will appoint another conservative justice. Give me a name, Mitch McConnell. Joe Biden wouldn't do that. You know, Joe Biden wouldn't do that. You know, they would look forward to that. Oh, there's a after an appropriate time of grieving, then I shall. No, that's just how these people work. This is their kid. These are their chickens coming home to roost. This is the tree they planted dropping sap all over their car where they park. And they're mad at the tree when they really should be mad at themselves. But they're not mad at themselves. They're mad at themselves in the sense that it didn't work. That they got to start over. They got to find somebody else. How many different ways can Rachel Maddow monologue about this? How many different ways can Don Lemon cry about the injustice of the Supreme Court before somebody finally does something instead of chickening out as they approach the House because there are too many armed guards? 
You think I'm joking? I'm not. And you can tell I'm serious and you can tell I'm right by the fact that newspapers in this country, newspapers in this country, couldn't even bother to report on it, let alone put it on their front page. One of the weird things that happened, that did happen, though, when talking about Brett Kavanaugh, is for the first time that I can remember, the leftist media admitted that there is... um, there's there's a potential for violence from both sides. Now, you're not allowed to say both sides is it. We'll get to the defensive coordinator for the Redskins in a second. He's gotten in trouble for that. But a CNN reporter yesterday, they pulled up both sides would come to violence. Now, keep in mind, this is in the wake of this guy being arrested trying to kill, now his own words, he's there to kill Brett Kavanaugh. That's what he's there for. That's why he's got these weapons. He's, he's got, he had shoes that he could, you know, he had padding on them so he could sneak around and everything. He, he thought this through. He, uh, he's unambiguously arrested and confesses to what he was trying to do. And CNN pulls a, well, everybody's worried about violence on both sides. So there's violence on one side. There's violence on one side. It's only one side. And this, and they go, well, there's violence, firebombing. Pro-life clinics have been firebombed, spray-painted, graffitied, lives threatened, people spray-painting, if abortion isn't safe, then you're not safe. And, well, there's a concern about violence on both sides. Where? Where? But listen to CNN, because this will get you in trouble if you say, oh, the BLM Antifa riots, uh, there's riots on the left and there's riots on the right. You want to talk about January 6th? Let's talk about violence on the left. No, 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 no. Don't talk about the 300 riots over there. Let's talk about the one riot that lasted, you know, two hours. That's the one, not the 100 days straight of riots. No, 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 no. Kate, this, this, certainly contributes to this overall threat landscape we've been talking a lot about. The major concern here with this abortion ruling from federal officials, and they've been sounding the alarm alarm on this for about a month, is that Supreme Court justices will certainly be, you know, potentially targeted by violent extremists who are angered over this pending ruling that is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade. This is an extremely passionate issue. There are emotions on both sides. Federal officials have made clear over and over they believe the risk truly comes from both sides of this abortion debate. Uh, So certainly this case, uh, you know, really solidifying what federal officials have been warning about. People are angry. They might seek to use the abortion ruling as a justification to cause violence. And that puts these Supreme Court justices, their staffs and other members uh, of this, the judiciary, especially the Supreme Court at risk. Now, there's violence on both sides. I mean, we can only cite violence on one side, but there's violence on both sides. We can go back to the 1980s and talk about the violence on the other side. Okay. Uh, What about, you know, I'm kind of more concerned about modern violence, kind of more concerned about the dude trying to kill a Supreme Court justice, but okay, if you want to finally do the uh, both sides thing. Now, if you went the other direction, if you had ever said both sides about a BLM Antifa riot, oh man, no, 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 you get canceled. You're, you're questioned, you're slammed, you're attacked, you're, you're smeared, you're lied about. It is an outrage. It is unacceptable. You can't both sides BLM Antifa. So while CNN can pull a both sides, 
Now we go to the commander's defensive coordinator. Redskins. Ugh, I can't even embarrassed saying commanders. He's a guy named Jack Del Rio. And he dared point out that, hey, you know, while our government is being sucked up and all of our media and everything is going to pay attention and talk about, oh, this January 6th riot was a threat to our democracy without any, you know, explanation as to how or why. Well, they're trying to overturn the results of it. No, they weren't. They didn't. There was no. If you're trying to seize power, you go in and you seize power. You don't. Let's get in that building and then we'll take a bunch of pictures of ourselves. And uh, you know, maybe uh, I've always wanted to see the Capitol Rotunda. That's not a coup, and it doesn't matter how much they lie about it. Elderly people going into the Capitol is not a uh, not a coup. You know the uh, the hearings. They're not going to call the people who are like. The, you know, the people all in black who are encouraging people, like people committing violence, they should have the book thrown at them. I have no sympathy for that. But the, the, there are people in jail and people with the threat of jail who were who entered through doors police held open for them. That won't come up tonight because Democrats wouldn't allow any Republic, any real Republicans, any conservatives on the, the committee. So you got two pseudo Republicans. And Jack Del Rio noticed this. And he says, well, wait a second. Okay, you're upset about that. Fine, be upset about that. But there was a whole year of riots that the media spent telling everybody why it's mostly peaceful. It's a mostly peaceful riot. There's a body count. Depending on which how you count them, it's between 30 and 48 dead associated with it. That's not to mention the police officers permanently injured because they were hit with bricks blinded by green lasers, all the sorts of things that Democrats do because they're Nazis. Firebombs, everything you can imagine, the $2 billion worth of damage, the neighborhoods that still haven't come back and will never come back because their grocery store was destroyed. And who the hell is going to build a grocery store in this neighborhood Or again if you say, well, you can burn it down if you get really pissed off. And there'll be no consequences, by the way. All charges are dropped against everybody. So you can burn down a grocery store after you loot it, of course. They're not complete idiots. And uh, you can uh, just have no consequences whatsoever. Who goes, well, there's uh, some prime real estate available right there. I can't wait to get in there. No one does. No one does. So Jack Del Rio notices this and comments on the hypocrisy and how He's just not going to give a damn because, you know, if if you're going to pay attention to one, you should pay attention to both. If you're not going to pay attention to both, it's now about politics. It's now about BS. And by the way, one is significantly bigger and worse than the other, and it ain't January 6th. You want to talk about it? I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem. I, at any time. But, uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I, let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol 
we're no, nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about, we're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know. Yeah, but see, uh, Del Rio, the people you're talking to aren't for us. They aren't for America. They aren't for honesty. They aren't for truth. They're leftists. Leftists are, are for the left. Progressives are progressives first and foremost. And anything else, a, a remote second. So what's the story after hearing that? The story is, well, Jack Del Rio really ticked off a whole bunch of people because he called the Capitol riot a dust-up. It's just a dust-up. How did... So Jack Del Rio did. This is the story. This is the uh, NBC Sports version of the story. During a Wednesday press conference, Washington Commander's Defensive Coordinator Jack Del Rio referred to the January 6th insurrection as, quote, a dust-up at the Capitol. Later in the day, he expressed remorse for downplaying the incident. He, yeah, no, not really, but, quote, I made a comment earlier in reference to the attack that took place in the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. Referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. I say, while, I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for a peaceful protest in our country. I have fully supported all peaceful protests in America. I love, respect, and support my fellow coaches, players, and staff, and I will work with and respect their views and opinions. End quote. That doesn't fly with NBC. That doesn't fly in the sports media. So much of sports media is people who hate sports now. The story continues. Despite Del Rio's support for peaceful protests, he spoke out against peacefully protesting during the national anthem in 2016 when he coached the Raiders. At the time, Del Rio called standing for the anthem, uh, called standing for the anthem with an organizational expectation. It fairly could be said that an organizational expectation to refrain from gaslighting the public regarding the actual events of January 6th and trying to compare an orchestrated effort to disrupt the certification of a presidential election to organic eruptions of discontent arising from police misconduct directed at minority citizens. Then again, no one from the commander said anything to suggest that they expect Del Rio not to engage in the dangerous practice of normalizing aberrant, seditious behavior. This is a sports news story. Again, I have to remind you. It also could be fairly said that Del Rio isn't really sorry and that he was told in no uncertain terms that he'd walk back his remarks by others within the organization, especially given the damage his comments have done to the team's effort to get free public money for a new stadium. That's the news story written by somebody called Mike Florio. I don't know what a Mike Florio is, but that's the story. That's news. That's like I say when I say that uh, so much of sports media is by people who never played the game, don't understand the game, but hate the game. They want to ruin. They go into sports media. Why? Because I want to... I want to wussify football. So I'm going to go into football reporting, and I'm just going to write on concussions all day long and uh, try and find racism to tear the league apart, try and create it, try and create transphobia, whatever you got. This week's, they'll, they'll, 
deify a, a, an athlete this week and then they'll demonize them the next week because they found a 10-year-old tweet. They will use people as fodder for anything they want because they are disgusting human beings. It's, sports, it's not just sports journalism. It's all journalism. They can go straight to hell for all I care. Yeah, baby. Anyway, we're out of time for the week, baby. Or at least for today. Tomorrow we will be up with the Week in Effin' Review. It'll be in New York-inspired, like a a five-and-a-half-hour drive-inspired rant. Last year I had to do it while driving in the car. This time I will do it before I leave, so it will be... It'll sound much better, and I won't really run risk of of flying off the freeway and crashing. Yeah, I I actually recorded it last year, the the Week in Effin' Review in the car driving back from this conference in New York and uploaded it. And I think I edited it all together. I had to give myself props for that, baby. Anyway, have yourself a great weekend. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Sign up, support the program. Thank you for that. Thanks for listening all this week. We'll see you guys on Monday. 